Welcome to another edition of the InsuranceAUM.com podcast. The structure of the economy doesn't support this continued growth. These secondary markets make this private market liquid. It's telling us there's going to be a financial accident or recession. When you get in, you can get out. The biggest problems that we're facing today is the problem of inflation. It's too big to ignore. In emerging market investing, what's comfortable is rarely profitable. My name's Stuart Foley. I'll be your host. Betsy Ziegler can see the future. That's what I learned the first time we met when she was the keynote speaker at CFA Society Chicago. And I ran up to you like a excited kid and started talking with you and you were kind enough to uh, join us on our first podcast. And so I am thrilled to have Betsy Ziegler, who's the CEO of 1871, to join us. So Betsy, welcome. Thanks for being on. Thank you, Stuart. I appreciate it. It's great to have you. We want to start off kind of the way we do them all. What was the town that you grew up in? What's a fun fact? And what makes running 1871 so cool? So first 17 years of my life, I grew up in a suburb north of Milwaukee called Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin. And my senior year of high school, we moved to Cincinnati. And so I finished high school just uh, in a little suburb north of the city called Wyoming. So depending on who I'm talking to, if they're Wisconsin people, I say I grew up in Wisconsin. If they're Ohio people, I say I grew up in Ohio. I went to college in Ohio. So I have love for both. Uh, Fun fact. Well, there's probably a few as we're kind of ramping to football season, I'll I'll say that I'm a maniacal Ohio State football fan, like just beside myself on football Saturdays. Awesome. I've circled the globe twice. The second time I went solo. Wow. And that was pre-child, pre-fifth grader, now fifth grader. But I like to, I, I'm a collector of unusual experiences. So I like to have something interesting to talk about, you know, when I meet new people. And then, 1871, I mean, there's no shortage of fun at 1871. For those that that may or may not be familiar with 1871, we're a nonprofit innovation hub, and we're the only organization that we know of that supports the full maturity curve of a business. And so we've got hundreds of people that are at the, I have an idea, I have the first version, or I'm launching. And we've got growth companies and later stage growth companies and big corporates that participate in our, let's call it an innovation and entrepreneurship community and network all over the world. We're based in Chicago. Heartbeat is here, but based in Chicago. And so the cool parts about leading 1871 are maybe the obvious is that every day I get to to meet at least one new person and hear about one new problem that they're working on that I didn't even know was a problem to begin with. And, and that's ever stimulating, ever interesting. And so it's been a great experience so far. You are the largest private tech incubator in the world. Is that right? I don't know if we're the largest anymore. We were named the number one private incubator in the world in 2019. We might be the largest, but I don't have that as the fact base. I will say we have just shy of 500 early stage companies working with us right now, another couple hundred growth and late stage companies and, you know, several dozen corporates. And so we've got a very, we've been around for 11 years. 
we've got quite a rich history and I think an unparalleled record of impact, again, from the lens of a nonprofit. So the companies that have started in 1871 have created just shy of 15,000 jobs in the Chicagoland area, which contribute about a billion dollars of annual salary to the system every year. Those companies have raised around $4 billion in capital. So there's something, you know, for me, that's external validation that the companies that are being built there are important and have the potential to to grow and be enduring far into the future and hopefully change a lot of lives to the positive. And you can imagine my excitement when I saw you on our calendar. And it, it turns out that you are launching the first ever insurance innovation lab. Can you tell our audience about what you're doing? And it is super exciting. Yeah, for sure. And it might be just worth mentioning that in in a life prior to running 1871, I was a partner at McKinsey where I spent my life serving insurance companies. And so both PNC and life insurance a lot on the operations and technology front. And so for me, it's a little bit of back to my roots, which is one of the reasons I'm extra excited about this opportunity for 1871. So as I mentioned, because we're in this unique position where we have the opportunity to support young companies, growing companies, and large companies, plus the network of of experts that participate as mentors and advisors, and the network of venture capitalists, we have rolled out over the last 12 months an approach to bringing those groups together under certain themes. Those could be industry themes or technology themes. We just finished our artificial intelligence lab. We are in the middle of our food tech and supply chain lab. And what comes next is our insurance innovation lab, where we, again, uniquely can bring folks together, whether they're members of 1871 or not, we're agnostic to that, right? We want to facilitate and convene in a way that we much harder for any of these groups to do on their own. And you might imagine that somebody might be thinking, well, what, like, okay, who are you designing? If Like, who is it for? And what we find is that the growth companies want to join because their value proposition is cash and contracts, right? They want to be connected to companies that are much bigger than them to hopefully be a, that where they can be customers of that growth company and or they get investment dollars. The big guys, the big corporates want to accelerate their internal problem solving. They want to provide professional development opportunities for members of their team to be part of this effort and activity and community. They want to amplify their brand a bit, depending on the situation. And then the late stage companies also largely participate to to amplify their brand because they're becoming category leaders. They're becoming household names. They want to be part of the energy. And so the experience, which I'll get to in in a minute or two, is designed with each of those groups in mind. Are you focused on any particular area in the insurance innovation lab? I should have known, didn't know you had real insurance jobs, which is phenomenal. Where are you focused 
So each lab, we try to have some themes that we recruit the growth stage companies for. And for the insurance innovation lab this year, for the growth companies, and these themes were defined and developed by a group of other large companies, include there's five major themes for the lab this year. Now, if you are a growth company outside of these themes, you can still participate. But the five themes were the primary focus that we're recruiting for. Companies working on anything related to litigation, anything we're looking at claims, anything on subrogation. And we'll come back to those three in just a minute because there's another level of work that we hope to do on the innovation front with those three that I'll I'll circle back on. Then anything related to back office productivity, which could include like the company that you mentioned to me, Stuart, that has some innovation on the pricing front that would find a home you know, in that theme. And then the last theme is preparing for the volatility, which of course is the role of, you know, insurance obviously is in the driver's seat of risk management. The world's been a lot more volatile the last several years. What are unique innovations, technologies, thinking going on with respect to climate, with respect to the workforce, et cetera, that might help you as an insurer deal with that impending volatility and and then in turn help your clients. So those are the five major themes, buckets of things. We are agnostic whether you are a PNC, personal line, commercial line, life insurer, health insurer, agnostic. Obviously, some of those themes might lean a little bit more towards PNC, but there's room there for anyone in the insurance space to participate. And as you know, a lot of innovation in insurance, the companies, the growth stage and late stage companies, a lot of them, some of them are standing up their own insurance company, right? They are competing against the big guys. And then there are others that are developing to help solve problems for either on the consumer side or on the on the enterprise side. And all are welcome and have a home in this lab. And I think an opportunity to really accelerate their agenda, regardless of what their agenda is, given the breadth of the experience. I have obvious biases here, right? (laughs) I think insurance is super cool. I think insurance asset management is super cool. It's interesting to me that investments aren't one of your buckets, but I get it. But why? Yeah, right. But why? Why insurance and what we would refer to as insure tech, why that as your next theme for your innovation lab? So, you know, multi-trillion dollar space touches everybody in one way, shape or form. I have a personal passion for it. So it's the fifth one of the year. I, you know, I, so kind of snuck in my passion for it. And I think we can agree, even though you think insurance is cool and insurance and investment management is cool, I do too. I think we can agree that relative to other industries, the insurance industry is not known for leading the pack with respect to innovation. What? I think we can agree. (laughs) I think we can agree on that. And there's lots of reasons for that. There's lots of valid reasons for that. As a result, Betsy's opinion, as a result, though, it's given rise to all kinds of innovation for these young companies and 
you know, really early stage, growth stage and later stage companies to kind of go into that space and take over where the large established carriers and institutions may not be making as much progress. And so that is energizing for us. And hopefully this experience acts as a catalyst for greater change, whatever shape that change takes. Again, I have an appreciation for why, you know, a lot of the change hasn't happened already. And going back to the theme around litigation, subrogation and claims, like that trio, those are things that almost every insurer, you know, again, some to a greater degree than others, depending on, you know, how you're viewing the ball string, face that is there an opportunity for groups to come together in an appropriate way and try to drive structural change at the industry level with respect to those three themes? Yes, it impacts their own institution positively, but with enough locking arms, can there be a shift made at the industry level akin to what the banking industry did together several years ago? It's super cool. What are your expectations around the size of the of the effort, how many companies and so forth? And I want to make sure that we touch on this upcoming summit. We expect there to be somewhere between 30 and 40 growth companies in the lab. If you join the lab, you're joining 1871 as a member for an entire calendar year, you know, 12 month period. The first couple months of that experience are going to be the immersion, the immersive time, the lab itself, which runs for about 13 weeks, of which the 13 weeks have four immersive weeks. So there's two of the four immersive weeks are virtual. And so you can be anywhere you want to be around the world and participate virtually because what we find is there are a lot of co- even though Chicago has lots of insurtech and large insurance traditional companies there's still a lot of activity that goes on outside of Chicagoland and so week 1 and week 3 are virtual week 1's in October week 3 is in December week 2 is in person there is a hybrid option but we prefer people to be in person and then week 4 is in later January and it, that's in person and it culminates in a summit. So I'll I kind of so we expect 30 or 40 growth companies. We expect 5 to 10 late stage companies and we expect 5 to 10 corporate companies to participate. The summit, we expect about 500 people to participate. I've got a keynote one of the keynotes locked in, one of my longtime dear friends and I just locked in the entrepreneur in residence this morning also a longtime dear friend not ready to go public on names yet, need some things signed off on, but stay tuned because it's really exciting to see who's participating. That is so cool. And so can you talk a little bit about, I'd like for folks to know how to get in touch with 1871. And I mean, are there a link I mean, on the web? How do I find you? How do I become a member? I assume there's a cost. I'm sure there's, it depends. Can you talk a little bit about what it means to become a member? So first of all, you can go to the website. The website's 1871.com. 
So on the top, you go to programs and under programs, there's innovation labs and you go under innovation labs, you go to the InsureTech innovation lab. And that is the landing page that talks you through all of the pieces. And so it should take you approximately one second to get to the landing page about this particular program. You can indicate your interest on that no matter who you are. Again, you could be a venture capitalist. You could be you know, a convener like you are, Stuart. You could be an academic. You could be a you know head of innovation of a major company. Like it does not matter. You indicate your interest through that form. Also, uh, you can send me an email. I'm just Betsy at 1871.com or shoot me a note on LinkedIn. I and my team are happy to spend more time with you. In terms of cost, to your point, it is different. The growth companies, we don't charge them to participate. We hope that they choose to become a member, an official member of 1871 after their experience. But, you know, our job is to prove ourselves to them and make sure that they have a really, that their business, you know, we're a nonprofit, right? So my my focus, I have less of a profit motive than I have an impact motive. And so the impact motive for the growth companies is they make progress on their business during this experience. But for this experience, they may not be where they are, you know, in late January. The late stage companies, we asked them to join 1871. And that's a kind of in the $5,000 to $10,000 range. Again, a whole bunch of benefits comes to them for that, that I'm happy to talk through. And then the corporates, the price tag is different. The list of benefits is much greater. They become a corporate member, which gives them access to all of our recruiting activities, all of our training activities, the Corporate Innovation Summit's like much broader beyond the InsureTech Innovation Lab. And then you can be a member or you could be a sponsor of the summit, right? There's a number of ways that you can participate. And we're just excited to get this rolling and have people be energized to interact with one another. And for 1871 to serve as that that convening point. Absolutely. And uh, we're very happy to help you do that. It's always great to have you on. I got a couple of fun ones to on the way out the door. Um, you can take either or both. I have a feeling you're going to take both. What's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? And who would you most like to have lunch with, alive or dead? Okay, I have five life mottos that are formed off of advice that I've gotten over time. So I'll try to... Oh, this is good. All right. So the first one is acting with intent and owning your life and that if you don't plan for an interesting and full life, whatever that means for you, then you get heads down in your professional stuff and it kind of goes away. So that's one. Two is no unmanaged outcomes, which is this idea that that actually uh, Greg Case from Aon what, was my original mentor when I was at McKinsey, now a longtime CEO of Aon. He taught me that. But for a long time, if you Googled no unmanaged outcomes, there was an image of me that popped up because I say it so often. In fact, it's on this wooden piece behind me. But the idea that you understand what you're trying to get done and you're thinking ahead and like clearing the pathway to make sure that you have the best chance of achieving it, right? And so that things aren't surprises. If you ask my team, they'll say that they hear that more often than, than they want. So number three is that people remember your response to the bounce versus the bounce, which is really about how you think through when you make a mistake, which of course, all of us make mistakes a lot of the time. 
not many of us are willing to to admit to that, but it is true. We all do. And what I have found and believe that if your attitude, your attitude supersedes all else. And so, you know, if you pick yourself up and move forward and you learn from it, nobody remembers the mistake you made. They just remember your resiliency. Number four is resist the urge to go underground, which for me means if you're stuck on something and you feel like you're spinning, sit up straight, shoulder back, raise your hand, ask for help, tell somebody you don't know what you don't know what you're supposed to be doing versus what most people do, which is kind of fold in and hide. And then of course the problem gets worse because you haven't, <laughs> because it doesn't solve itself, right? It doesn't magically go away. And the fifth one, which is often where I, where I start the list is that your life story is the summary of the choices that you make. And if you make a bad choice for you, then you just have to make a new one. And that you're sort of you're in control. It's your story that you're writing. And that one is courtesy of my mom, who has taught me that over my relatively long life so far, is the one that like really impressed that into me. So those are the those are the five, which are pieces of advice I've gotten that I've then translated back out to other people. That is great stuff. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to have in 1871 is going to be one of our members, we're going to be helping promote this effort with you. And we're super happy to have you on, Betsy. It's always great. I always learn so much. And um, thanks very much for taking the time. No, my pleasure. I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Thank you, Stuart. My pleasure. We've been joined today by Betsy Ziegler, CEO of 1871. Thanks for joining us. If you have ideas for a podcast, please shoot me a note at podcast at insuranceaum.com. Please rate us, like us, and review us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite shows. My name's Stuart Foley, and this is the insuranceaum.com podcast. Insurance AUM.